Hello there, I am Dr. Pamela, and this is The Joy Whisperer, where we explore the science and the practice of joy for our restoration, our resilience, our relationships, and our resistance. So today we're going to be looking at this concept of the inner jerk, the jerk that lives within all of us, whether we'd like to admit it or not. And we're going to look at that from the standpoint of three truths. So truth number one, we all have our stuff. We've got our baggage. We've got our stuff. Truth number two, our entire lives welcome the opportunity for growth and change. And truth number three, we tame our inner jerk when we feel safe. So I hope you're ready. Grab a pen, grab a friend, and let's get this conversation started. Hey world, I have a quick message. It's about safe driving. All right, let's go. Anytime you're driving, have the seatbelt buckle tight, both hands on the wheel and your phone out of sight. When not in your hand trying to text somebody back, because if you do, your car might get smacked. The moral of the story, just put your phone down. The people on the road will stay safe and sound. Put your phone down, put your phone down. People on the road will stay safe and sound. Yeah. <laughs> Black excellence is still at an all-time high. Back with me is Angela Rye, Macaulay Sellers, April Ryan, and Angel Gillum to talk about it. Don, we're not new to this. We're true to this. True to what? To overcoming and doing the dang thing. Can't argue with that. Miss USA, Miss Team USA, Miss America, and Miss Universe were all black women. Mahershala, Ruth Carter, Hannah Beachler, and Peter Ramsey made history at the Oscars. And Spike finally got hit. The American Medical Association elected a black woman, Dr. Patricia Harris. Coco Golf broke new ground on the tennis court at just 15. Ava's still Aving, Will's still willing, Issa's still Issa'ing, and everyone is still working to make our ancestors proud. Happy Black History Month! an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. So today's theory to live by lays the foundation for everything that we're going to be talking about today. And so shadow work by Carl Jung 
is the work that looks at those things that are that exist within us that we just we don't know is there that we're ashamed of that we struggle with and we may struggle with it silently we may not even really realize that it's a thing that we struggle with and i think it's important for us to understand that when we do that shadow work when we really kind of dig into those parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily want to touch that's how we uncover the behaviors that we have that might lead to that inner jerk. So what is shadow work? Really, it's the idea that if there are un, uh, you know, invisible or parts of us that are just hidden, that we are able to kind of dig in and find out what is about us that's hidden. And it's not always negative things. It also can be quite positive. So a negative shadow might be something you know, connected to a trauma that we experienced as a child or in our marriage or at a job. And when we uncover it, we realize, oh, I respond this way when this kind of thing happens because of the trauma I experienced on that last job. And so then we realize, okay, there is a connection. Now I understand why my behavior is what it is. Now, some of the positive shadows, though, might be that I am really talented as a speaker or as a singer or as a coach or as a therapist. And I don't really want to dig into that because what it means is that I might actually be responsible for doing that. And so one of the things that's great about this shadow work is being able to uncover the good, the bad, and and everything so that nothing is hidden and you understand the behaviors that you engage in. maintain your joy well three things i don't stress the things i cannot control i make time for myself and the activities that i enjoy and thirdly i give myself a mental vacation as needed regardless of what's going on there will always be time for something else amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. Which is phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. make retirement happen. After all, you made home ownership happen. Homeschooling yourself on loans, beefing up your credit score. So I'm pre-approved. You were like, yes! Sorry. Color coding listings, ticking boxes, and flushing every toilet in a 20-mile radius. Home sweet home. You aced house hunting. Now get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. 
So it is important to pay attention and to really embrace and accept the reality that we all have stuff. All of us. I mean, we're so quick to look at other people and say, Ooh, girl, they've been tripping or why they act like that. And um, we are always that to somebody else, <laughs> believe it or not. There has been a moment in our life where we were that person that was tripping, where we were that person that they looked at and said, whoa, what's up with them? And I know that we don't necessarily want to see that in ourselves or believe that about ourselves, but it's very important that we do understand that because the only way we can uncover this stuff and heal and grow and get better is if we first and foremost recognize, okay, all right, I got stuff. Yes, there is an inner jerk in me that does come out from time to time. And, and what I really would love for you to take the time to think about is, you know, when has that inner jerk come out? What does that look like? What, what brought that on for you? Um, and, and, you know, just to kind of give you an idea of what that might look like, you know, I've had moments where I've been in conversations with friends and I'll give an idea or a suggestion and maybe that suggestion wasn't well taken or maybe I didn't feel heard. And I find myself getting into my feelings and coming up with reasons why they probably just, you know, are jealous of my ideas. <laughs> and, and I just take that idea and run when in fact, it's just a matter of me having, you know, a response to not feeling heard. So it's important for us to think about what gives us those, um, those feelings. What, what are the triggers? Because we all have stuff. We have things that have happened um, that are, you know, resurface when we experience intimate relationships, workplace situations, um, you know, situations with our children. And it's important for us to pay attention to when these kinds of things happen, because that is when our stuff tends to come out. When we feel backed against a wall, when we don't know the answer, um, when we feel lost. And so it's okay to have that because it's a natural part of the human experience. So there's no reason to deny it or to say, no, I don't claim that because it is a part of who we are. It is actually a beautiful part of who we are because what we can do with that stuff that we have um, is we can turn it into powerful learning experiences. We can relate to other people who are struggling and, and are challenged in some of the, the exact same areas. Um, so rather than trying to make ourselves higher and more mighty than the rest of the people around us, it serves us well if we actually take the time to sit down and recognize that stuff that we have. And, and by stuff, I mean the triggers, the things that kind of set us off, the different traumas that we may experience, the things that we're afraid of. And, and I do realize trigger and trauma are two words that have been wildly overused in, in the last few years as we become more familiar with what they are. Because they've been used a lot does not mean that there's no validity to it. It, it, it just means that we are learning about ourselves and we're becoming more aware and knowledgeable about why we do the things that we do. So I would urge you to not necessarily just instantly dismiss anything that is around this idea of trauma or this idea around triggers, because they have some actual um, you know, impact on the way we think and the way we act and the way we engage with other people. So if we think that we are in a situation um, that is threatening or we're not being valued or um, we're not being heard, it is very likely that if this is something that's happened in the past that had a profound effect on us, 
that we are going to behave in some really interesting ways um, when they come up, you know, you know, currently. So it's important to think about that. I do this with myself when I realize that I'm in a certain mood through the day, and I might not even know where it came from. I just kind of realize something's not right with my rhythm today. I, I, I feel a heaviness. I feel uneasy. I don't really know where this is coming from. And sometimes I just have to backtrack my day to take some time and think about where is this heaviness coming from? Because if I don't do that, guess what? The stuff is going to come out. People are going to be saying, what's up with her today? Why is she tripping? And so that's why it's important for us to take the time, assess our feelings and respond accordingly to what's really going on in us. So we all have an inner jerk inside of us, in my humble opinion. Is there ever a time when that jerk actually needs to come out? Yes. I think um, a good time for that jerk to come out would be when somebody's trying to steal your joy. Hello. Um, mm, yes. I have been intentional about my life so that I can have my joy bundled up and customized for me. And so it's precious, it's priceless. And when someone tries to steal it, yes, inner jerk, inner thug, whatever, by any means. <laughs> Come all the way up. So let me tell you, there is nothing worse than dealing with somebody who has no idea that they have stuff that's coming out and spilling out and bleeding all over everyone. And so I want you today to be able to come away with, if nothing else, how to recognize your stuff, how to recognize that, you know, you know what, those things are in operation right now. And I really need to kind of, you know, rein them in. Um, so you want to pay attention to your reactions, your behaviors, your emotions, and so if we just look at behaviors alone, I'll give you an example. When I was, I, I moved from one job to the other. And I'll tell you that I, I had such a hard time in my previous job that I attributed any, you know, behaviors or messages or emails to, you know, the, the trauma that I experienced in the first job, you know? So it was like, if I got a message from, you know, a, a supervisor that was new um, in my new job, I would be thinking, oh gosh, I must be in trouble. Because in the past job, if I got a certain message, I'd be in trouble. Or there'd be some question about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And so I brought all of that perspective into the new position. Uh, and, you know, which is comical. I mean, one, one day I remember my supervisor sent me, the new supervisor sent me a text and, you know, said, hey, are you free? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? What did I do? And I, you know, I couldn't answer it in the moment, but I am sitting here combing in my mind through like, what did I do? Let me go check my email. Is there something I missed? Is there something I missed? And then when I finally got back to him, I was free and I was able to get back to him. He just wanted to share a joke with me, <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking all of that. I went through all of that emotional labor because of a text and it made me realize, okay, there's, there's a thing right there. That's stuff. That's the thing that I need to pay attention to that I didn't even realize was there. I didn't realize that I was bringing the after effects of a negative employment experience into a new and more positive and more healthy um, employment experience. And so my behavior 
you know, and I, I'll really say that that was a combination of behavior and emotion and reaction all in one example, because my behavior was panic. And I'm going to go check my email and I'm going to see, is everything okay? The emotion was, you know, not only, you know, the, the fear of, oh my gosh, what did I do? And the uncertainty, but it was also the physiological response that I felt, you know, um, you know, feeling goosebumps, feeling shaky, feeling a little, you know, hot and sweaty, like, oh gosh, what's, what is it that, that possibly happened? Um, and then, you know, my reaction, you know, just was very, I, I just, I, I want us to pay attention to that kind of thing because when I, when I did, you know, call back and we talked, we kind of laughed about it. Um, but it was really telling. And those are the kinds of things that translate to not only just work environments, but we see these kinds of things creep up in relationships. We see these things creep up in, you know, a lot of different types of situations. Um, so if you think about it, um, even the relationship that, um, I mentioned before that had, you know, all this extra tension that was probably, um, you know, unnecessary can translate over to what you're experiencing in the workplace. So again, being able to pinpoint, how am I reacting to this particular situation? What is my behavior? Am I yelling? Am I screaming? And what is also, you know, I talked about reaction, but what's also the reaction of the other person? Because what your intended message um, may be it can be very different when received by the other person. And so you may think that your you know, reaction is completely natural and um, you know, down to earth, but if you see that the way it's received is not what you intended, it is worth investigation. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily wrong or you know, that your, your, your message wasn't done correctly, but it could be a signal to pay attention to the way people are receiving you, because there may be something that you're putting out there unintentionally um, that's worth investigating. So we often like to mask our emotions and push down those emotions and not really pay a lot of attention to them. But I will tell you, you know, as Susan David talks about in her work around emotions, emotions are signals. Pay attention to those signals. Um, and those are ways that you're gonna be able to identify where your stuff lives. Joy is power. And today's power gear is the Joy Whisperer backpack. Now, for those of you who know me well, you know that I love to sit in cafes, restaurants, hotel lobbies to just get my writing done. And often I take my backpack, I take notebooks, and I am often asked the question, what is this Joy Whisperer thing about? It is a great conversation starter and I get to meet a lot of people. So if you're single, you might want to consider having a Joy Whisperer backpack to gauge the level of joy in anybody that tries to approach you. If you want to learn more, go to joywhisperer.org, visit our store, and get yourself some gear. Join this Joy Whisperer tribe and represent everywhere you go. There are 16 million children struggling with hunger in America. That's one in five daughters, sons, neighbors, and classmates who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Yet billions of pounds of good food go to waste every year. It's time we do something about it. Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks that helps provide meals to millions of kids and families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to help them feed even more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Hey world, I have a quick message. It's about safe driving. All right, let's go. 
Anytime you're driving, have the seatbelt buckle tight. Both hands on the wheel and your phone out of sight. When not in your hand trying to text somebody back. Because if you do, your car might get smacked. The moral of the story, just put your phone down. The people on the road will stay safe and sound. Put your phone down, put your phone down. People on the road will stay safe and sound. Yeah. <laughs>
going to talk about it. Don, we're not new to this. We're true to this. True to what? To overcoming and doing the dang thing. Can't argue with that. Miss USA, Miss Team USA, Miss America, and Miss Universe were all black women. Mahershala, Ruth Carter, Hannah Beachler, and Peter Ramsey made history at the Oscars. And Spike finally got his. The American Medical Association elected a black woman. Dr. Patricia Harris. Coco Golf broke new ground on the tennis court at just 15. Ava's still Avaing, Will's still willing, Issa's still Issa-ing, and everyone is still working to make our ancestors proud. Happy Black History Month! If you love them enough to suck the snot out of their nose at 4 a.m., then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. STEM is the discipline of hard numbers. Precise. No margin for error. Dare to forget that. Dare to have fun with it. Get weird with it. Dare to get messy. Or just mess it up. Dare to program something internet-breaking. Record-breaking. Dare to blow their minds. Dare to try. Dare to fail. Dare to keep daring. Science! Dare to learn the difference between organic, sedimentary, and non-foliated metamorphic rock. Get outside. Find those rocks. Dare to be homeroom famous. A high school fable. Dare to send those old STEM theories flying past the neighbor's house into outer space. And for the love of STEM, dare bigger. Dare to code, dare to invent, dare to explore, dare to STEM. Check out She Can STEM to get started. Hmm, maybe you can make retirement happen. After all, you made home ownership happen. Homeschooling yourself on loans, beefing up your credit score. So I'm pre-approved. You were like, yes! Sorry. Color coding listings, ticking boxes, and flushing every toilet in a 20-mile radius. Home sweet home. You aced house hunting. Now get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. If you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. It was an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. 
I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. best support men in the expression of their emotions? Great. So we can support men in the expression of, of their emotions, I think, in two ways. One is by listening, right? Listening for context, listening to absorb the information and not listening with the, the premise of just jumping in to talk. And then secondly, I think we can support men um, by paying attention, right? Paying attention to their body language, um, how they deliver the emotion, right? So really paying attention that way. Welcome back to the Joy Whisperer. Now, growth opportunities are hard. And, you know, it's easy to kind of run away from them because they're hard, they're embarrassing, they are emotion-laden, and, you know, sometimes it's easier just to kind of move on and not really deal with it. In the example that I gave about, you know, my boss just sent me a completely innocent text just to see if I'm available, you know, to talk, um, and my panic that I had around that um, that was a growth opportunity. And I took that opportunity to really just open up and, and tell them, you know, this is crazy because do you know how I responded when I got your text? I actually had a moment of panic and we talked through it and it was a really, to me, it was a growth opportunity to be able to talk through that. Again, remember the inner jerk is, um, you know, it comes out when you feel threatened, when you don't feel safe in your environment. And so growth opportunities can be hindered if you're in an environment in which you don't feel safe. So I will say, and I can happily report that in my current employment situation, I feel quite safe. And so I was able to open up and, and, and share the anxiety that I felt around a random text. And, um, and that was beneficial for me. Uh, but it was also beneficial for my supervisor to get an understanding of some of the learning curve that I might be going through as I am adapting and adjusting to the new situation. And so again, I know it's not easy to show these levels of vulnerability, but you know, I, I reference Brene Brown quite a bit. And as Brene Brown shares in her conversations around vulnerability is that it is really the only place and the only way that we are going to grow is, you know, if we are willing to show those different levels of vulnerability. It might not be so easy to do in the workplace because you don't know who you can trust. And when you are in a situation where, you know, there is a real struggle with trust, then it's important that at least you are able to recognize, um, you know, these, these growth opportunities within yourself and to have people that you do trust, that you can share that information with it. Maybe it's not your supervisor, but maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's a counselor. Maybe it's a therapist. Um, but it's important to make sure that you do have people who are willing to be your sounding board, who you can process information like this with um, for your own benefit and for your own growth. I encourage you not to let growth opportunities pass you by. Now, workplace growth is, you know, it's really hard because again, you're trying to deal with those vulnerabilities in a place among strangers. How do you deal with those vulnerabilities with family members who know you very well? who have seen your triggers, who've seen the best and the worst of you. 
it's important to be vulnerable in those situations as well. And I know that that's not easy to do either. For some people, it's easier to be vulnerable in the workplace than it is around family members. But it's important to understand that that vulnerability that you show is not for them. It's for you. Um, And it's also important to acknowledge that if you are going to show vulnerability and you are going to allow this to be a growth opportunity, that you do need to make sure you're in a safe space and a safe zone to do that. So, you know, I have family members where it's not always the safest place for me to show my vulnerability, but I do have people, again, who I can share my vulnerabilities with. So when I have a growth moment in the midst of a situation in which I'm not feeling safe, in which I do feel that my, my, you know, there might be some psychological threat uh, to my well-being. I will take note of that situation. I will pay attention to what I'm feeling. I'll pay attention to my reactions. But I will also make sure I have some conversations and process this with other people. And so while you may not be able to engage in those growth opportunities externally in the moment, You can most certainly, from an internal standpoint, process, okay, what's happening in this situation? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling in this situation? What can I learn from this particular situation? I'll give you another example. So, you know, um, looking at co-parenting, you know, I know a lot of people really struggle with the co-parenting journey. And there are a lot of triggers. There's a whole hotbed of triggers (laughs) that can happen with co-parenting. But if you pay attention to those things that are working and the communication cues that are successful and that are smooth, that's also the positive experiences are also um, growth opportunities. You know, hold on to those, duplicate those and um, learn how to get even better. STEM is the discipline of hard numbers, precise, no margin for error. Dare to forget that. Dare to have fun with it. Get weird with it. Dare to get messy or just mess it up. Dare to program something internet-breaking, record-breaking. Dare to blow their minds. Dare to try. Dare to fail. Dare to keep daring. Dare to learn the difference between organic, sedimentary, and non-foliated metamorphic rock. Get outside. Find those rocks. Dare to be homeroom famous, a high school fable. Dare to send those old STEM theories flying past the neighbor's house into outer space. And for the love of STEM, dare bigger. Dare to code, dare to invent, dare to explore, dare to STEM. Check out She Can STEM to get started. If you love them enough to suck the snot out of their nose at 4 a.m., then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Hmm, maybe you can make retirement happen. After all, you made home ownership happen. Homeschooling yourself on loans, beefing up your credit score. So I'm pre-approved. You were like, yes! Sorry. Color coding listings ticking boxes, and flushing every toilet in a 20-mile radius. Home sweet home. You raised house hunting. 
Now get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. There are 16 million children struggling with hunger in America. That's one in five daughters, sons, neighbors, and classmates who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Yet billions of pounds of good food go to waste every year. It's time we do something about it. Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks that helps provide meals to millions of kids and families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to help them feed even more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Welcome back to the Joy Whisperer. Now, every week I get questions in my inbox and I call these whispers in my ear. And I would love for you to whisper in my ear. If you have questions, definitely go to my inbox on my LinkedIn page or Instagram. And Instagram is whispering joy. And find me on Instagram just by putting in my name. So this week's question is from a young lady who wants to know about her purpose. She says she's 30 years old. And she wants to know how she can identify her purpose. You know, I love this question because, I mean, purpose is just a huge part of my life. And I know that my entire journey has integrated elements of my purpose um, throughout. But how did I know that? And at what point did I actually know that? And I think the the key is to be really in tune with those things that pull at your heartstrings. Um, You know, what do you, you know, when you watch the news, what are some of the things that, you gravitate toward, um, that, you know, you feel passionate about, that you feel like you need to do something about. Uh, When you're in conversations with other people and they are maybe sharing some of their problems or their concerns with you, what are the ones that resonate most with you that you feel like, you know what, I got this one. I know how to help my friend through this particular challenge. Problem solving in general, what are the things that you do a really great job of solving in your life? Um, Is it financial? Do you have an, you know, a stellar financial plan that you've really been able to execute and do well? Are you a great event planner? Are you wonderful with children? Do you work really well with elderly? And there's a lot of different ways to kind of determine your purpose. But I always say, first, start with the thing that seems to tug at your heart. And then go with the thing that looks like, um, that, you know, that kind of comes to you at ease. You know, it's, it's something that you don't have to think too hard about. It just feels natural for you. So if we were to look at, you know, a, a, a different situation and somebody really has a passion for health and wellness, while that might be really broad, move in that direction of health and wellness and discover what it tells you um, and what you tend to gravitate towards while you're doing that work. So what I did was I just continued to do work that helped me um, you know, help other people that helped um, me better understand my strengths as it pertains to helping other people. And as I did that, I was able to really identify and pinpoint joy is the thing. And I didn't discover that when I was 30. You know, when I was 30, what I did understand is that I needed to find happiness and joy within myself. And I focused in on that. That was my narrow focus when I was in my 30s. But I'll tell you, it paid off because to be able to spend that time to really connect with yourself and understand what works for you is going to help you understand you in relation to others, you in relation to the world. And I talk about that a lot, you know, understanding you and who you are is going to be the thing that's going to give you some direction in terms of what significant thing this world needs from you. 
amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I gonna get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. Hey world, I have a quick message. It's about safe driving. All right, let's go. Anytime you're driving, have the seatbelt buckle tight, both hands on the wheel and your phone out of sight. When not in your hand trying to text somebody back because if you do, your car might get smacked. The moral of the story, just put your phone down. The people on the road will stay safe and sound. Put your phone down, put your phone down. People on the road will stay safe and sound. Yeah. <laughs> If you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. STEM is the discipline of hard numbers. Precise. No margin for error. Dare to forget that. Dare to have fun with it. Get weird with it. Dare to get messy. Or just mess it up. Dare to program something internet-breaking. Record-breaking. Dare to blow their minds. Dare to try. Dare to fail. Dare to keep daring. Science! Dare to learn the difference between organic, sedimentary, and non-foliated metamorphic rock. Get outside. Find those rocks. Dare to be homeroom famous. A high school fable. Dare to send those old STEM theories flying past the neighbor's house into outer space. And for the love of STEM, dare bigger. Dare to code. Dare to invent. Dare to explore. Dare to STEM. Check out She Can STEM to get started. What is the best way to find our voice when we feel silenced or threatened? Well, I think first of all, to find your voice, you have to be self-aware enough to know that you have agency with your voice, right? And to know how to be strategic enough to assess the situation and even the potential uh, like consequences of using your voice or not using your voice um, when being silenced or threatened. So the people who have experienced the inner jerk in me have experienced that inner jerk in moments when I don't feel safe. Let me say that again. The people who've experienced the inner jerk in me are experiencing me in moments when I don't feel safe. So when we feel safe, we are more likely to tame that inner jerk. That inner jerk comes out when we feel threatened. What does that inner jerk look like? Well, you know, for me, it can be just not letting go of a situation when we, you know, we're debating and we're going back and forth and we're talking about it. And I don't like to argue. I really don't. But when the inner jerk comes out, I will argue. <laughs> 
I'll argue you down. I will make my point and make my point and make my point, even if it doesn't really matter what the point is, if I'm in a situation where I don't feel safe and I am just really what I'm doing is I am desperately trying to create a safe zone for myself. And so think about that in your own situations, when you are sort of going against the grain, you know, like I said, I don't like to argue. I actually love, you know, healthy, um, productive, energizing, joyful dialogue. And when I engage in a back and forth sparring match with somebody, um, it is not my natural inclination. I remember a situation, I was in a relationship driving down the highway and it was a pretty volatile relationship. I mean, just it just verbally speaking, it was just, you know, there was these, these um, arguments and disagreements that would just get so emotionally charged that I, I would lose my ability to really just collect myself and think about what I'm saying. So I remember driving on the highway, and this was probably about 20 years ago, I was driving on the highway, and he was so cold to me on the phone. I mean, it was just I mean, and I couldn't believe it. And it was frustrating me. And so nothing I could say would, you know, you know, there was no empathy. There was nothing coming out of him. And at some point, I just let loose and I screamed at the top of my lungs. I don't even remember what I said, but I screamed at the top of my lungs and then hung up the phone. And that's just, and, and anybody who knows me knows, I mean, they, my own kids, probably have really never heard me scream. That's just not something I do. Um, even when I say it's time for dinner, I'm just very, you know, I, I'll go upstairs and say it's time for dinner. I don't like screaming across the house. So it's not something I do. Very uncharacteristic of me. But in that moment, I had such a high level of rage just from not being heard. And, you, you know, when you go back and evaluate, like what caused that in me? What triggered that in me? And in that case, it was, I wasn't being heard. So it created this level of rage in me that did. It, it caused me to just scream and yell. And, you know, and I felt the physiological response to that. I mean, I was shaking. I was hot. I was tense. And I, in that moment, vowed to myself that I will never let anybody get me that upset again. And I will tell you, 20 years later, nobody has ever been able to push me to that level of upset since. I was fully aware of my ability to pull myself out of that situation before it got to that point, before the inner jerk came out. Now, I'm not going to say the inner jerk wasn't justifiable and that there's not times where your inner jerk is justifiable. But what I will say is, in order to protect yourself mentally and emotionally, it serves you well to be able to know when it's time to exit a situation or to really just um, pay attention to what needs to happen. And we do this best when we are in safe situations. I didn't feel safe in the car that day. Even though he wasn't in the car with me, I felt psychologically threatened in that situation. So if you can, whether it is physical threats, psychological threats, whatever it is, it's important for us to pay very close attention to how to, you know, to, to making sure that we are in a place where we can be safe so that we can learn how to tame that inner jerk. 
So how do you create safe zones for yourself? Well, you create boundaries, you speak your truth, and you stay loyal to your needs. Now, we've heard a lot about boundaries, and it's, it's interesting because I've, I spoke about boundaries in my book, Letters to the Brokenhearted, and I talked about how it seemed so easy for everyone else around me to create boundaries that kept me at bay, <laughs> but I never really created those same kind of boundaries in return. And what I've learned and understood over the years is that creating those boundaries do indeed create safe spaces for yourself. Now, they can be healthy and unhealthy, so it's important to really think about you know, why you're creating the boundaries and whether or not those boundaries are actually holding you back or are they you know, helping you to, to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in life. But creating boundaries can be, you know, so let's, let's use a dating situation, for example. Um, let's say that you are co-parenting and the other parent comes over to pick up the child. To what extent do you enable the flirting or, you know, um, you know even conversations that might be a bit inappropriate? How do you build boundaries around that kind of dialogue while maintaining, you know, the the co-parenting relationship? You know, so there's a lot of different ways to think about boundaries, um, but it's important for us to establish what do I need to set in place in order to make sure that I feel safe. So what am I going to make sure that I do to stay loyal to what it is I need? Because you know, too often we are worried about letting other people down coming off a certain kind of way, um, whether or not we will trigger somebody's anger or um, emotion or trigger them to shut down. You know, we only can be responsible for ourselves. Now, of course, we want to be respectful um, when it warrants, you know, you know, being respectful. Um, we want to be assertive when it, you know, warrants being assertive. But at the end of the day, our loyalty needs to be to ourselves and to our safety so that we can operate in a way that um, is you know, productive, that doesn't hinder our own goals and what it is that we're trying to accomplish. So again, using that co-parenting situation, what is it going to take for me? What, what are the needs that I have and what do I need to be loyal to in order to make sure that I can maintain my role in an effective way within this co-parenting situation? If you love them enough to suck the snot out of their nose at 4 a.m., then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Hmm, maybe you can make retirement happen. After all, you made home ownership happen. Homeschooling yourself on loans, beefing up your credit score. So I'm pre-approved. You were like, yes! Sorry. Color coding listings ticking boxes, and flushing every toilet in a 20-mile radius. Home sweet home. You aced house hunting. Now get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. Black excellence is still at an all-time high. Back with me is Angela Rye, Macaulay Sellers, April Ryan, and Andrew Gillen to talk about it. Don, we're not new to this. We're true to this. True to what? 
to overcome it and doing the dang thing. Can't argue with that. Miss USA, Miss Team USA, Miss America, and Miss Universe were all black women. Mahershala, Ruth Carter, Hannah Beachler, and Peter Ramsey made history at the Oscars. And Spike finally got hit. The American Medical Association elected a black woman, Dr. Patricia Harris. Coco Golf broke new ground on the tennis court at just 15. Ava's still Aving, Will's still willing, Issa's still Issaing, and everyone is still working to make our ancestors proud. Happy Black History Month! an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. So this week's gift to myself is what I am calling a soul revival. Now on social media earlier in the week, I actually posted a question for my followers saying, you know, look, I do these getaways every now and then, you know, I go away for the weekend, I write, I re-energize myself, um, I relax, and I've been calling them getaways. And I thought, you know, it's not that I'm really trying to get away from my life. I actually love the life that I have at home. What is a better word or term that I can use to describe what I do when I go away. And I think that what I've landed on is soul revival. So my gift to myself this week was a soul revival. So I went away to Savannah, Georgia, and I found an amazing Airbnb that I've kind of gone to a couple of times because it really is just everything I need. It's right in the heart of the historic downtown. It's not far from the lake. It's not far from Forsyth Park. Everything that I need is right there, not to mention that the Airbnb itself is amazing. So what I do is I go and I spend the weekend, usually day one is just, let me just relax. <laughs> no agenda, nothing, you know, no tight schedule, sleep as long as I need to sleep, wake up when I naturally wake up, start the day that I, you know, the way that I want. My point is where there's a will, there's a way. If you commit to something, then you find a way to make it work. So maybe I just don't go out to dinner, you know, to Chili's or wherever I want to go. Uh, maybe I'll do that another time and save that money and use that money to catch a $50 flight to Orlando, which is very common here in Atlanta. Um, but how can you get creative and find ways to create a soul revival for yourself? 
And how can you be so committed to it that you create this opportunity for yourself once a month? So if that might be, if that's too much for you to think about right now, just start with the first one and, and find out how you can, you know, get that first one set up, scheduled, and just go away and do something for yourself. So the point of it all is that we all have triggers. We all self-protect and we all have the capacity to bring out that inner jerk when we don't feel safe. The key is to pay attention to these moments and to understand why we do what we do and to create a plan for growing through these situations. My challenge for you is to dig deep and figure out some of those truths for yourself. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Joy Whisperer. Remember to join the conversation all throughout the week by following me on social media. Also, tune in on SSN TV via Roku every Thursday at noon Eastern time. We're also streaming next day at 3 p.m. at the Sensation Station Network's Facebook page and on my LinkedIn page. And remember, joy is your best energy source. amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more.